number three, the Pete Callender Show, News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Over at the Washington Times, Stephen Dinan, 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 anyway, uh, Stephen says there may be no other issue on which the red-blue divide runs as deep as immigration right now. And you have to look no further than the spat between Texas Governor Greg Abbott and Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Mr. Abbott is running for re-election in November on a get-tough immigration platform, battling the Biden border surge with state police, his own border wall, and a busing campaign that is sending migrants to Democratic-led cities of Washington, New York, and Chicago. Mayor Lightfoot, who faces voters in February, has responded by blasting the Republican governor as unchristian and racist, but said she would happily take the new arrivals he was sending her. I wonder, is Joe Biden a racist and unchristian for busing people all over America and not telling folks where they're going as well? GOP strategists say that the howls of protests from Democrats whose towns are targeted by the busing campaign can only help, underscoring just how bad things have become under President Biden. Democrats counter that the busing campaign is cruel and voters will punish the GOP for using migrants as a stunt. Now, there is also there is a core philosophical question as to whether or not uh, the mere presence of the migrants is political. Right. Because I mean, what does political mean? Right. Based on policy. These are supposedly right. Policy differences that people have. And we have policies in place in America, whether or not they're followed. Let's just set that aside for a moment. But there are policies. And if you violate the policies, right, you've injected yourself into the political arena. Especially if you know that there, you know, all of these people that are coming across the border. Have you heard the numbers now? It's like it's on track to be somewhere around three million encounters. Three million encounters, and that's just the ones we encounter. It doesn't count everybody that's got through without an encountering, right? So, at some point, you have to address the fact that the people who are engaged in the activity that by its definition is political and is used by political actors, they bear some responsibility in it being political and their their place in the political debate, right? And you can say, yeah, that, that they are vulnerable. And look, I agree. I've been making this argument for years that the policies and the, the politicization of the immigration issue has actually been the most harmful to the people who make a rational decision to come to America because you know they know if I can just get across the border, chances are I'm going to get to stay. That's the signal that has been sent. That's the message that was sent. So they say, I want a better life. And even if I can't make it, at least you know my family can make it. I can send money back and then they can have a better life. These are rational decisions that people are making. And then they get taken advantage of by horrible actors along the smuggling routes. This is the policy that open borders or unsecured borders, this is the policy ramification, or these are the real-world ramifications of the policies that, the, that both parties 
have been have allowed to occur, that they have been complicit in. And right now it's Biden and Biden has made it way worse. And Kamala Harris, well, she hasn't really done anything, even though she's the border czar. She hasn't done anything. Republicans enter 2022 figuring that immigration would be a critical weapon that they could hold or sorry, they could use in their bid to retake Congress from Democrats in the midterm elections. Strategists had urged them to run hard on this issue, highlighting the chaos that Mr. Biden has spawned with his more lenient approach to illegal border crossings. But as the congressional campaigns hit the final stretch before November, it's not clear how much power the issue retains. GOP leaders, while still carping about the border chaos, no longer place it among the top issues for voters, instead pointing to inflation, government spending, and tax policy. That the border motivates Republican voters is not in doubt. Whether it matters beyond the GOP is very much an open question. America's Voice, a leading immigrant rights group, said polling shows other issues such as abortion have overtaken immigration in voters' ballot calculus. Beyond that, the group contends the GOP has overplayed its hand, which you need to remember Uh, It's only the Republicans that ever overreach. Democrats never overreach. I mean, defunding the police, the riots, the drag queen story hour, none of that's overreach. Only Republicans engage in overreach or overplaying their hands. But Democratic candidates in re-election battles have, for some reason, tacked to the right on border issues. We may never know why. Elsewhere, Republicans are the ones embracing what have usually been considered Democratic positions on interior enforcement. And then they quote, or they cite rather, the story out of Wake County, where the GOP sheriff candidate has announced he will not restore cooperation agreements between Wake County and the U.S. Immigration Customs Enforcement, the 287G program, right? Donnie Harrison also said he would not honor any deportation detainer requests from ICE, creating an effective sanctuary jurisdiction. His position is all the more surprising because it's a reversal from four years ago when he was sheriff and he had a cooperative agreement with ICE. And then he lost his reelection bid in 2018 to a Democrat who vowed to end the cooperation agreement. Meanwhile, Wake County is... Uh, reeling from the death of a sheriff's deputy last month, multiple migrants have been charged in the slaying. Unauthorized immigrants. Or maybe they were asylees. Maybe. We don't know. Charged in his murder. Indiana states, or Indiana Senator, U.S. Senator Todd Young, has a unique perspective on the crisis after having served on the border as a U.S. Marine Corps intelligence officer during the uh, Clinton-era immigration crisis. And he said that the dumping of illegal immigrants in the U.S. cities is a demonstration that Joe Biden doesn't care about the issue and the problems it brings. If you're outraged over Martha's Vineyard or New York City or Chicago or Boston, if you're mad that these Republican governors are sending migrants into these other sanctuary cities and states, what do you think about Joe Biden doing it? He's been doing it for over a year. Further proof, he said, is the refusal of Vice President Kamala Harris, Biden's designated border czar, to see the crisis firsthand. Quote, she should absolutely visit the border. Like other Republicans, he said he was shocked when Harris brushed aside NBC anchor Lester Holt's question about visiting the border by answering that she hadn't visited Europe either. 
While the number of immigrants crossing the border in the 90s was higher than today, his tour showed him, uh, uh, Senator Young did a tour of the border, showed him that the crisis is worse, especially since there are so many more children involved. The cartels traffic individuals, first by plane, then they load young children and others into the vehicles and drive them to the designated drop-off points. It was like observing clown cars drive up to one of these designated drop-off points and unloads and unload. You had coyotes, members of the cartel in front and behind them were illegals, many of which, perhaps most of which were children. And it was brazen. Also worse is the number of migrants crossing into the U.S. from countries designated as sponsors of terrorism. He's on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee and focuses on uh, counterterrorism. And he said that the open border is attracting terror suspects. It's a problem. And if the Martha's Vineyard PR stunt highlights the true nature of the problem, so be it. So be it. No, Ron DeSantis didn't kidnap anybody. He's not human trafficking anybody. And if he is, and if he did, then so too did Joe Biden. These are your rules, guys. I'm just applying a consistent application. I'm just applying a consistent standard. That's all. All right, so a Texas sheriff said last night his agency will open an investigation into the transportation of 48 Venezuelan migrants from the state to Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts. Bear County, that's B-E-X-A-R County, but I know it's pronounced Bear. At least that's what I was told like 20 years ago. Um, the sheriff down there, Javier Salazar, a Democrat, told reporters at a Monday news conference that his understanding was that on Wednesday, a Venezuelan migrant was paid a bird dog fee to recruit 50 migrants from a resource center in San Antonio. I love when people are just figuring out how this stuff works. <laughs> you know, I can't believe what we... So you're telling me somebody went and was paid to round up people, get them on a bus or a plane, and bring them to some other location? Yeah, because that's how that happens. Whether it's a nonprofit organization that's doing it or... It's this operation that was doing it. That's how that's done. Yeah, it's ha- this happens regularly. Wait till you hear about coyotes. They aren't animals. Uh, well, I mean, some of them are animals. Terrible people. But these are the people that smuggle the humans across the border. I remember when the left and the blue anon folks first became familiar with that term. Wait till you hear what happens at the drop houses. It's awful. The abuse that occurs of human beings that are being trafficked. It's unconscionable. It's repugnant. And it exists because policy. And people unwilling, and and there's a reason for this, by the way. Why are people unwilling to state an objection to illegal immigration? You see it in the media. It's most prevalent on the left. There is a conflation of immigration with illegal immigration. Why? Why? Mark Krikorian, he is the executive director of the Center for Immigration Studies. He took a look at this. Um, by the end of his first, two, uh, his first term, two years from now, President Biden may have released, if, if the current trends hold, he may have released three or four million, maybe even five million illegal immigrants into the United States. Some of them will apply for asylum. Some of those will actually show up for hearings. And some of those will win their cases. But the large majority won't do any of these things. 
under Biden, these millions will just be allowed to stay illegally. Why? So there's the one argument that, oh, they, you know, they're going to uh, they're going to be uh, voters for Democrats. Right. And. Krikorian points out, well, I mean, they need to be citizens to vote, but and, and maybe there's a large scale vote fraud operation going on or whatever, but there's no proof of that yet. So he's like, that's a longer term strategy. But they're not likely to get legalized anytime soon unless he tries to do something else unconstitutional. The president does. Right. Illegal immigrants are also counted in the Census Bureau for purposes of deciding how many congressmen and how much federal money each state gets. But that's a pretty indirect and long term issue. And it doesn't necessarily cut in favor of the Democrats, since a lot of the settlement operations are occurring in red states. Right. And then there's this thought, okay, well, maybe they're trying to mess with the future voter um, uh, tallies in these red states to turn them blue by doing this, right? But he he thinks there's another explanation. The reason they're unwilling to enforce immigration laws because they think it's wrong. They simply don't believe that the American people have the right to keep anyone out. That's it. That's what it comes down to. It's wrong. Anybody should be allowed to come here. That's it. So any argument over policy is irrelevant. It doesn't matter because there shouldn't be a policy. All right, I got a couple of messages from a Twitter account named My Friend Ray Cooper who says the cities are complaining that the buses and flights are not fair because the migrants get tricked onto them. Or that the cities don't know when they will arrive, so they can't be ready. So, if they want to be nice to migrants, but just don't like how the transportation is managed, why are they not running their own buses or flights? I asked this the other day. If you're a sanctuary city or a sanctuary state, why aren't you helping your fellow state, your, your fellow American border states? Right? If this matters so much that you've declared yourself to be a sanctuary, why aren't you going and helping? Unless, of course, it's all just virtue signaling BS. Anyway, this idea, if you organize the flights, that eliminates the way those mean old Republicans are doing it and gives your state, obviously, advance notice of their arrivals. Then they can sanctuary away as much as they want. The big reason these communities don't want these migrants, they're not allowed to work. Asylum seekers cannot work until either asylum is granted or a year has passed waiting for it. Since most claims are denied, most of these people are, for all intents and purposes, the same kind of drain on a local government as a homeless person is. No home, no money, can't work. So the Bear County Sheriff, which is where, uh, what, San Antonio is, um, he says he's not sure what crime has been committed, but he thinks a crime has been committed. But he doesn't know, doesn't know which one. Yeah, but he's totally going to investigate. He says he believes laws were not only broken in transporting nearly 50 migrants to Martha's Vineyard, but that parallel laws were also broken on the federal side. A total of 48 migrants were, quote, lured to a hotel where they were housed for two days, free of charge to them. They were then flown to Florida, free of charge to them, and then transported to Martha's Vineyard under, quote, false pretenses, he said. The sheriff said they were flown to Martha's Vineyard for a, quote, photo op and then stranded. 
He believes the migrants were exploited and hoodwinked into making the trip. The sheriff has been speaking with an attorney who represents some of the migrants. By the way, the uh, organization that he's been talking to, it's a uh, it's a left-wing activist law firm. Um, where is it? Um, the, the Lawyers for Civil Rights focuses on racial justice, climate change, and apparently now immigration law. After contacting the illegals who were deported uh, from Martha's Vineyard over to Joint Base Cape Cod... <laughs> Because right, they were, yeah, they were deported off of the island. They're now representing about 30 of them and accusing DeSantis and officials in his state government of violating their civil rights. Letters sent to the U.S. Attorney Rachel Rollins, Massachusetts Attorney General Maura Healey, are seeking a criminal investigation saying individuals working in concert with state officials, including the Florida governor, made numerous false promises to our clients, including of work opportunities, schooling for their children, and immigration assistance in order to induce them to travel. What they did was they went to Massachusetts' website, the state website. They pulled out a list of all of the programs and services that refugees could take advantage of in Massachusetts because it's a sanctuary state. And they put it into a brochure, and they said, these are all of the services that they can offer you. And apparently, according to Governor DeSantis, these were people that were bound for Florida. These were people that, when asked, they said they wanted to go to Florida. And they said, hey, would you rather go to Martha's Vineyard? It's like the richest place in America. And they're a sanctuary city. And look at, they're in Massachusetts. Look at all of the programs and services that are available to you. And the people were like, oh, okay. And then they got there, and the Martha's Vineyard people were like, we can't possibly take you. This is a humanitarian crisis. And they were like, in a tenth of a Scaramucci, they sent him off to the military base. But they gave him hugs before they left. We strongly believe that criminal laws were broken by the perpetrators of this stunt. They preyed on the vulnerability of our clients many of whom had suffered deep trauma in their home countries and on their journeys to the U.S. and exploited this vulnerability to entrust through false promises. Right, it's better that they cook in the San Antonio sun, either under a bridge or in the back of a truck, right? It's better that they, that they sleep out on the streets of El Paso rather than to be sent to Martha's Vineyard. That's what I'm taking away from this. The sheriff claims that they were exploited and hoodwinked. The allegations that he has heard, he says, are disgusting and a violation of human rights. What exactly, what laws were exactly broken? He doesn't know. He doesn't know. He said, quote, at this point, I'm not able to definitively, to, to definitively say here, this is the statute that they broke. But what I can tell you is it's wrong. Oh, so this is the equivalent of there ought to be a law? There are a lot of things that you can find morally objectionable. And look, I, you know, I've said from the beginning, trolling and the stunt absolutely highlights the problem, highlights the ineffective policy of this administration, calls out the hypocrisy of these Democrat officials. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. See, if more people, more cities had to deal with the costs of illegal immigration, because there are costs. Now, you could say there are benefits to immigration, and I would agree. I'm a big proponent of it. I'm a proponent of more immigration, legal, secure borders, 
and legal immigration. That's what I want. But see, I don't, I don't have any control over this. So apparently all I get is completely open borders, unsecured, everybody coming through, or a wall, right, and nobody in. Like, it's feast or famine, right? Here's the false choice. We are all presented. This is the way it has to be. And so nothing gets done. And both parties then pit everybody against each other. And the reason it works for the left is because they've got allies in the media, right, that conflate illegal with legal immigration. Now, Rich Lowry at National Review said what DeSantis did is vulnerable to criticism, right? That said, there's nothing inherently wrong with sending migrants from the places most affected by the border crisis to other states. In fact, it has been the norm. The Center for Immigration Studies reported on this policy called catch and bus. Migrants detained at the border often after voluntarily turning themselves in, they get a permission slip from DHS to travel into the country. Then a volunteer organization helps get them on a Greyhound or a chartered bus wherever they want to go. There's no thought to how sending the illegal immigrants on to, say, Florida or New Jersey, there's no thought to how that's going to affect the communities there or whether the affected communities want them, right? The migrants choose a destination, and as long as somebody wires them the money for the trip, off they go. The fact that this is an accepted and widespread practice shows just how out of control U.S. immigration policy is. The illegal immigrants, who should, by and large, be immediately deported, are allowed to pick where they want to stay in the U.S. with the assistance of the authorities and the volunteers. The trips that were arranged under Texas Governor Greg Abbott are different in degree, but not in kind, right? The bus journeys involve dozens of migrants arriving all at once, rather than trickling in little by little. It is true that that represents a different challenge, but the trips are voluntary and counter to the typical bus trip. The ones that the governors are doing, they're free for the migrants. The the Texas Tribune actually, the lefty publication actually did a story on the Abbott program and how it does migrants a favor. It noted that immigration rights experts say that the Republican governor who is working to crack down on illegal immigration is actually establishing one of the nation's most generous publicly funded services to assist immigrants entering the country. Disapproving stories in the press on the buses headed north and east often feature migrants saying they actually don't mind. One way or the other, they got to the city where they wanted to go, right? The question is, which communities get burdened by illegal migrants and who gets to decide? White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre, she said, Ron DeSantis, he's just interested in causing chaos. Why? Because he's sending migrants to cities without telling them. Which is exactly what the Biden administration has been doing for 18 months. And they've been doing it under the cover of night, right? These midnight flights, not telling people, organized through these nonprofits and the like. DeSantis has claimed credit for flying the migrants to Martha's Vineyard. And he said, quote, they all signed consent forms to go. And then the vendor that is doing this for Florida provided them with a packet that had a map of Martha's Vineyard. It has the number for different services that are on the island. One of his spokespeople, Taryn Fenske, told CNN, quote, immigrants have been more than willing to leave Bear County after being abandoned, homeless and left to fend for themselves. Florida gave them an opportunity to seek greener pastures in a sanctuary jurisdiction that offered greater resources for them. 
as we expected, unless the Massachusetts National Guard has abandoned these individuals, they have been provided accommodations, sustenance, clothing, and more options to succeed following their unfair enticement into the United States, unlike the 53 immigrants who died in the back of a truck found abandoned in Bear, How- uh, Bear County this June. Ed, welcome to the program. Hello, Ed. Welcome. Hi. Thanks much. Uh, sure. Uh, what what I see going on is, uh, and the government won't talk about it, along with these so-called um, people that just want a better life, there are trained terrorists mm-hmm. coming into our country. I don't mean one or two. Mm-hmm. By the thousands. There are schools set up in Mexico to train Middle East Muslim terrorists, and not every Muslim is a terrorist, by the way. I'm just talking about them. Mm-hmm. And they're in the United States, and they've been in the United States for at least 10 years, and they're getting organized, and a lot of them are, 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 have been arrested by FBI. You don't hear a word about it outside military bases. Well, guess why they're there? To kill. And why the hell do we let, we should never let anyone into this country without going through proper procedures. There's no damn excuse for this. No, I, and I would submit that that is the rational position to have. Unfortunately, it is not shared by a great many Americans. Uh, Ed, I appreciate the call. I want to get Tom on here as well. Uh, hello, Tom. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Pete. I was listening to your uh, editorial and it brought back uh, great memories to me about uh, migr- my- migrating, and uh, you can tell me the thread that I'm going to put forth in this. Back, uh, I'm a product of being born in 1952. That's before uh, integration, a product of segregation, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, they had a big, beautiful, uh, all-white school about five blocks from where I live, and my daddy did just like De Santos, and I don't know if there's something in this or not, but he told uh, these white educators, he said, listen, my kids are not going to be bused about eight or ten miles down the road from my house to an all-black school when you have a white school right here five blocks from my house. And do you know what they did? They built a brand-new school in our neighborhood even though it was still segregated, to keep uh, uh, <laughs> them out of that. <laughs> to keep them from sending you to the white school. Yeah. So yeah. I, I like what you're saying. I I don't know if, if, if uh, Martha Vineyard need to take another look at some of the samples, but sometimes you got to, like you say, uh, do what you got to do to get the job done. And they built a new school for us, even though it was segregated. It was brand new. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, that's interesting story. No, I appreciate the uh, appreciate the story. Thank you, Tom. Thanks for the call. Let me go over here to Brian. Hello, Brian. Welcome to the hey. show. Yeah, what's up? Hey, Pete. Hey, man. I got a great solution for you. I think you'll agree with this. I heard this morning in Denver, Colorado, they're going to try an experiment with homeless people, and they're going to give them a thousand dollars a month for a year, and they're going to monitor their spending habits and see what they do with it. You send one hundred migrants up there to Denver and let oh. them try that experiment with them. And that's a win-win. It's I for science. And I guarantee you 80% or more of them 
we become successful Americans and prosper and never look back. No, that's a good, that's a fair point too. Because yeah, the, uh, the immigrant class is some of the most entrepreneurial spirited uh, folks you will find. I appreciate the call, Brian. Monica wrote on Twitter, and of course, nobody is tricked into coming to this country in the first place. Fair point as well. All right, that is a wrap for this episode. Appreciate y'all participating and listening. Thanks so much. We'll see you again tomorrow. Brett Winterville's up next. Don't break anything while I'm gone.